My name is Fitz, and I'm the CEO of the Fitz Group. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to this week's excerpt from our weekly builder's call. This call is designed to help you move beyond personal sales and into building a business in the insurance industry. On one end of the income spectrum, we've helped a ton of agents make an additional $50,000 a year in override income on top of their sales income. And on the other end of the spectrum, we've helped a number of leaders make in excess of $1 million annually through the development of the override income into a business. And now, on to today's lesson. So for today's training, uh, we are going to talk about the five levels of leadership. Um, started to attempt this last week and, uh, and construction in the restaurant next door interrupted us. Uh, and so we just abruptly landed that plane uh, for mechanical uh, failures and issues <laughs> and decided instead to redo it today. Uh, the five levels of leadership uh, is really uh, a book by John Maxwell. The first time I ever heard about the five levels of leadership was, uh, was by John Maxwell. He uh, discussed five levels of leadership in several of his books and then finally came out with the book, Five Levels of Leadership. The year he came out with the book, Five Levels of Leadership, I happened to be uh, in one of his exchange seminars that he used to do with 60 or 70 executives from around the world uh, would go in. And, 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 and so for three days, uh, I got to, I, I, I had the honor of being taught the five levels of leadership by John Maxwell. Uh, so today what I'm doing, uh, this is not a, uh, a book report. Uh, I'm not giving you a book report on the five levels of leadership. I am not reading the book to you. This is not story time with, uh, with Uncle Fitz. Uh, <laughs> this is just highlighting some parts of the book. I really encourage you to read this book. I encourage you to, um, as you're going through the, the, the training today and as you're uh, reading the book, really assess yourself. Be honest. Be real uh, with where you're at in the five levels of leadership. I promise you. It's gonna help you grow. It's gonna help you get better at um, at leadership and being better, being a better leader. So the overview of the five levels of leadership. Here we are, visual overview. Uh, if you're watching uh, watching this online, um, number one level is position. Now, if you're uh, if you are a serious note taker, just know that I'm gonna dive deep into each one of these five levels. Right now, it's just an overview, so don't you don't have to write it down yet. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of that uh, anal note taker myself. Drives me nuts when a, uh, a trainer uh, will, will say, okay, here's five things. And then they go back and say, now let's dive deep on, on point one. Ah, I wrote it down. I didn't leave enough room for the, point, the, the, the notes. So I'm telling you ahead of time, leave room for the notes. But uh, level one is a position level, known as a positional leader. Uh, it's rights-based, and people follow because they have to. Level two is a permission uh, leader. Uh, it's based on relationships and people follow because they want to. Level three is production. It's a production uh, leader based on results and people follow because of what you have done for the organization. Level four, people development, reproduction. Uh, it's based on reproduction and people follow because of what you have done for them. You're not just the leader, but you're now helping them develop. It's a big deal. Number five is the pinnacle. This is the peak. This is the top. Uh, this is where it's based on respect, really uh, even precedes you walking into the room. Your reputation does. Uh, people follow because of who you are and what you represent. For example, uh, in our national convention coming out up in January, we've got Franklin Graham coming into town. His dad, Billy Graham, uh, according to John Maxwell, is one of these. He's passed away now, but he's a, he was a level five leader in his life and still in his, in his death. Uh, he's a level five leader. People know 
who that guy is and respect what he's done, even if they don't agree with what everything he says. Uh, still, that respect comes out because of what he's done in this world and, and how he's impacted the world. Uh, and that's uh, it's actually kind of neat watching how that's been transferred onto his son a little bit. So um, that, that, that level five leadership is a, is a big, big, big deal. So why study the five levels? According to John Maxwell, we should study the five levels because, number one, it provides a clear picture of leadership. It provides a clear picture of leadership. It, I've, I've been told if, if you're looking for an eagle and you have a picture of an eagle, it's easier to find and identify an eagle. Uh, you, if you don't have that picture, what you may end up doing is identifying a duck as an eagle, and it's not really. So the five levels of leadership gives you a clear picture of leadership. If you want to know what leadership looks like, studying the five levels of leadership will give you a clear picture of that. Number two, why study the five levels of leadership? Because it defines leading as a verb and not a noun. So many people identify themselves as a leader, noun, when in fact, leadership is action. It's a verb. It's not, it's not necessarily a person. Leading is, is something that is done. Why study the five levels of leadership? Number three, it breaks down leadership in understandable steps. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. I mean, it's kind of like putting together your, the, the, uh, the <laughs> oh my gosh, we're coming up on the holidays. And I was, all of a sudden I had this image, this nightmare image of Christmas Eve, putting together uh, my daughter's uh, kitchen that she has in her, in her room. Uh, my father-in-law and I put that together. It took us about 18 hours, but it was <laughs> here's step one, step two, step three, step four. It's, it's, that's uh, those instruction, that instruction manual for putting together the, the kitchen uh, or the bicycle or whatever, um, or, or a cake. Well, now we have that, uh, that instruction manual uh, for developing yourself as a leader. Number four, why study the five levels of leadership? Number four, it provides a game plan for leadership development. We're going to lay out what you, if you're at a level one, what you've got to do to become a level two leader. It's going to be laid out uh, level two to level three, what you've got to do, the beliefs and the actions that you need to take. Um, you study the five levels of leadership because of the, it provides a game plan for you. And why study the five levels of leadership? Number five, it aligns leadership practices, principles, and values. If you want to be a certain level, here's some practices, some principles, some values that you need to adopt in order to be at that level. And, and it's not questioned, right? So here's some important insights as we're diving into the five levels of leadership and breaking down each level and how to go to the next level. Here's some important insights that, uh, that you need to take into consideration. Number one, you can move up a level, but you never leave the previous one behind. You go from a level one to a level two, you're not leaving level one behind. It's still part of who you are. This is a building process. You're building on top of what's already there. So you, level, level one is maybe a foundation and then level two, you add more to it and three and four and five until you have a whole house, not just the foundation of the building. So you can move up a level, but you never leave the previous one behind. Insight number two, you're not on the same level with every person. Now you, you, can, you can in general, uh, maybe consider yourself to be a level three or level four leader in general, but, but just know that with everybody you meet, you're on a different level. I, uh, John Maxwell had us um, uh, give our, um, uh, give these uh, assessments to people that we know before coming to the event where he was teaching the five levels of leadership. It was pretty cool. I gave my assessments to my friend Paul Roberts and Jason Bruno and, uh, and to my wife, Heather. Uh, those were the three that did the assessments for me of how I, what level, and they're answering questions. And based on that, we could figure out what level I am on with them. 
And it turned out that between the three, I averaged a four and a half the leader with those three. Well, that's my wife. You know, that's, that's my, my, my office manager, my right hand at the office. And, and Paul Roberts, who I, I, I've impacted his life and helped him. He knows me. I know him. We've, we've, we've worked together for years and years and years. Uh, at that, and when he took the assessment, he'd already worked, we'd already worked together for years. So these are people who knew me really well. I knew them really well. well I'm a four and a half leader, but this afternoon I've got an, an interview with somebody that just answered my Craigslist ad. They don't know me from Adam. And when I, when I introduced myself as the CEO of the Fitz Group, well, now I'm at least a level one leader, but I'm not a level four and I'm not a four and a half with them. So you're not on the same level with every person. Everybody you meet the, for the first time, you're starting all over again with them. It's important to remember. That's important to remember. So many people read this book and they go, well, I'm a level four. No, you're not. Not with that brand new person. You meet my son. You're not a level four person with my, with my son. Not until you have worked your way up with him, right? Okay, important insight number three. The higher you go, the easier it is to lead. The higher you go, the easier it is to lead. As a positional leader, number one, you're, you're leading because you're the CEO, because of your title. But, but down the road, it's, it's, it's easier to lead because of it's based on, on the results and it's based on what's, what's happened and what's, what's been going on, not just based on a title. It's a lot easier to lead that way. I, I can tell you, when I first got started uh, building my business, I, I was in my young 20s. You know, people are looking at me going, what does this kid know? Uh, I had to prove myself. Now that I've proved myself over and over and over again, when I meet somebody for the first time in our business, they've come on board, they found out who Fitz is. I'm telling you, it's easier for me to lead them now than it was 20 years ago. And it's not because of 20 years of wisdom, it's because my leadership has improved. Insight number four, the higher you go, the more time and commitment is required to win a level. So it's, it's easier in the lower levels to move up than it is in the higher levels. The higher you go, the more time and commitment is required to win a level. Uh, a lot of people, when they're studying the five levels of leadership, you'll feel frustration because you want to be at a level five faster. You can't. You cannot sub. There's no shortcut for the time invested and the commitment. There's no, there's no shortcut for that. You've got to put in that time. Unfortunately, too many people give up before that cake is fully baked. And so then you end up stopping and staying at a certain level rather than moving forward. Okay, insight number five, moving up levels occurs slowly, but going down can happen quickly. I mean, how many times do we hear in the news? The news, I think, loves to report uh, when some public figure, whatever they may be, uh, how they can just, bam, just like that, they come crumbling down in their status in the world. I mean, we've seen it a lot over the last year, for sure. Uh, this, uh, the, the Me Too movement that's popped up is, is talking about how women have been degraded and, and really it just, just horrible things. But we're seeing... We're seeing in executives in Hollywood, we're seeing executives with, uh, with, with these Silicon Valley uh, companies, we're seeing pastors, and we're seeing just leaders across the globe that are really, um, their, their level of leadership has come crumbling down rapidly because of decisions they made, because of actions they took. So it, it, it takes a lot of work to move up. It doesn't take very much effort to come crumbling down. It takes a lot of effort to stay where you are. Number six, the higher you go, the greater the return. The higher you go, the greater the return. And we'll see as you move along, you start developing people. Well, now you're starting to multiply your leadership. And so that's a greater return as you, that you're getting back. Number seven insight, moving farther up always requires further growth. You must grow more in order to move up. You cannot become a level four without personally growing. 
Number eight, not climbing the levels limits you and your people. I remember John Maxwell saying that there's, there's a price to be paid for leadership. Either you're paying for that, that you're paying that price or the people following you are going to pay the price. As a leader, you got to pay the price. Never ask your people to pay the price for your inabilities, <laughs> your incompetencies, right? So not climbing the levels limits you and your people. Your people are only going to go so far if you're willing to only go so far. Number nine, when you change positions or organizations, you seldom stay at the same level. When you change positions or organizations, you seldom stay at the same level. Uh, I, I, I haven't jumped around a lot in my life from company to company, but I understand that if you were uh, a manager at one company, you move to another company, become a manager, or you were CEO at one company, move to another company, become CEO, you have to prove yourself. You, 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 may, you, you may come with some reputation, but now you've got to prove yourself with those people you're now leading. Remember, you're not at the same level with every person. And number 10, you cannot climb the levels alone. This is a team sport. You cannot do it by yourself. Um, one of, one of those, uh, those success posters is out there I can't stand is the, um, the, 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 the statue carving himself out of rock. And it says below it, self-made man. And I go, that's crap. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a self-made man. You, you, you didn't do that. I mean, just biologically, you couldn't make yourself. <laughs> you can't, biologically, you can't make yourself. It, it requires mom and dad uh, to, to, to make yourself. Biologically, it requires somebody else to help. Um, you can't climb the levels alone. You can't get to where you want to go without the counsel of somebody else who's already been there and without the camaraderie and association with people who are also trying to get there. You, you can't do it without mentors and without partners. You gotta, you gotta, you can't do it alone. So let's jump into level one, positional leader. Level one, positional leader. It's based on rights. People follow because they have to. All right. Let's dive into what Don said in his book. The only influence a positional leader has is that which comes with the job title. People follow because they have to. I, I was talking to a gentleman last week. He kept calling me, sir, kept calling me, sir. And, and I knew he was calling me, sir, because of my positional leadership. Because, I, uh, because I'm CEO of the Fitz Group, because I'm an executive vice president with the Alliance, because of my title, he was calling me, sir. I, I appreciated that respect, but I knew that I hadn't earned his respect yet. I had just, I, all the influence I had was purely based on title. Positional leadership is based on rights granted by the position and title. Nothing is wrong with having a leadership position. Everything is wrong with using position to get people to follow. Do this because I said so. Now, as a parent, so, you know, sometimes because I said so is the reason that your kid needs to do something. I've read, I don't know how many parenting books that, that all agree with that comment. But, but take it into a corporate standing or take it into a team building standpoint. You should make dials today because I told you to. And, and I am your manager. Oh my gosh, what horrible leadership. I, I've witnessed it firsthand where people say, Fitz, they should do this because I told them and I'm their manager. If you hear those words coming out of your mouth in this business, building a team, if you hear those words coming out of your mouth, please know you're a positional leader with that person. Best. Nothing's wrong with having a leadership position. Nothing's wrong with being their manager. Everything is wrong with using that to get them to follow. People who make it to level one may be bosses, but they are never leaders. They have subordinates, not team members. They rely on rules, regulations, policies, and charts to control their people. Hmm. I'm going to read that one again. People who make it to level one may be bosses, but they are never leaders. It's a very big difference. They have subordinates, not team members. They rely on rules, regulations, policies, and charts to control their people. 
That's a positional leader. Now, this is several years ago. Before our current president, actually, when, when John Maxwell was going through this, I think, I think it was even before President Obama was in office when I was learning this from him, uh, when he was going over this, I think. And he was just going through the history uh, of the presidents of the United States and talking about who was a positional leader. It was, uh, it was really, he said, take a chill pill. It's not, not politics here. I'm talking leadership because he offended everybody. <laughs> there were a lot of positional leaders that you go, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I guess the president was a positional leader. Okay. Positional leaders, their people only follow them within the stated boundaries of their authority. People only follow them within the stated boundaries of their authority. So uh, a positional leader at work, uh, people aren't going to follow them outside of work. Hey, I put in my nine to five. I don't, I, don't need to, I don't need to hear from you. I don't need to answer your call. That's the kind of thing you get when you're a positional leader with somebody. When positional leaders ask for extra time or effort, they rarely get it because people follow them only within the stated boundaries of their authority. Hey, I'm going to need you to work over. Yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. So that's, if you watched Office Space, that movie, that's where that quote's from. That, that, that's a positional leader that's telling him to come in on Saturday. Well, what do we know watching that movie? That guy was like, you're a positional leader. My Saturday is my Saturday. I'm sleeping in, dude. Um, when positional leaders ask for extra effort or time, uh, extra time or effort, they rarely get it. They struggle to work with volunteers, younger people, and the highly educated, as these people tend to be more independent. Positional leaders working with somebody that's independent Oh, it's frustrating for a positional leader to work with somebody that's independent. I, I personally love as you, working with people who are independent. Actually, as you're building your team, you're going to realize that, that when you have somebody who's independent is out there working without you calling them up every day saying, hey, are you working today? When you find those independent people, oh, those are the people that you really need to encourage and love on and, 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 and motivate. You know? but, but don't be intimidated by those people. Don't be intimidated. It's a good thing. Position is the only level that does not require ability and effort to achieve. Anyone can be appointed to a position. You may have worked a corporate job before coming here and you go, yep, man, anybody can have that job. <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot to get that job. I've seen some people in that job. Yeah. And they're positional leaders. All right. Well, here's some beliefs that a leader needs to adopt in order to move up to a level two. Now, here's the thing. As we're going through these beliefs, and it's going to happen on every level, we're going to talk about the beliefs that you need to adopt in order to move to the next level. As we're going through these, if you disagree with these, just use that as a check mark of, okay, maybe, maybe I need to reposition my thinking. Maybe I need to adjust my paradigm just a little bit uh, and, and really step back and think critically about this. Don't take it personally. Hey, nobody's calling you out on this. Call yourself out on this. That is a belief I need to change. All right. Here's, here's a belief. Titles are not enough. To go from a level one to a level two, you need to decide that titles are not enough. I'm your manager. You just have to decide that is not enough to lead your team. Another belief, people not position are a leader's most valuable asset. People not a position, not position are a leader's most valuable asset. Your most valuable asset is not that your title is manager or team builder or agency manager or EVP. People are your most valuable asset. A leader doesn't need to have all the answers. There's a belief that you need to adopt. That's, that's, that was a big one for me to change on. I, and, and fortunately, I've, I've come to that place now. Uh, <laughs> because in my family, genetically, I think genetically, we need to be right. Genetically, we need to have the answers, right? It's just kind of a family tradition in my family. 
Um, we're not always right, by the way, but <laughs> we do always believe we are. Uh, but a leader doesn't need to have all the answers. That's okay. Henry Ford, I remember him being uh, accused of uh, as an ignoramus, and he sued the paper. They called him an ignoramus. They went to court. And in court, they were asking him all these trivia questions. And Henry Ford, legendary Henry Ford, titan of the auto industry, Henry Ford said, I don't know the answers to these questions, but in five minutes, I can have 10 guys here that can answer those for you. They, 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 that he won the lawsuit just like that. He doesn't need to have all the answers. <laughs> he knows the people that do. A good leader always includes others. A good leader always includes others. If you want to go to a level two, you've got to figure out how to include others. Rather than dictating, you need to include them. So level one position, to go from a level one to a level two, takes you to permission. From position to permission. All right. In level two, people follow because they want to. They've given you the permission to lead them. They don't have to anymore. When you like people and treat them like individuals who have value, you begin to develop influence with them. When you like people and treat them like individuals, you have value. Who have value? Excuse me. You begin to de develop influence with them. Don't treat them like a number. Don't treat them like an agent. Treat them like Bob. Treat them like Mary. Treat, you, treat them like an individual, like themselves. You develop trust. In level two, permission level, you develop trust. The environment becomes much more positive, whether at home, on the job, at play, or while volunteering. The environment becomes much more positive, whether at home, on the job, at play, or while volunteering. As a level two leader, leader you are creating an environment that's much more positive. It's much more positive because there's trust. It's much more positive because you're treating them like individuals, not like, um, not like a, a BD so that you can become a key leader, <laughs> right? <laughs> it becomes much more positive. Uh, it, you hear a lot of people who are level two leaders, you hear a lot of them talking about the love, and uh, that's, that's a big deal, actually. Uh, you want to move to a level two? You, you gotta, you gotta, a, frankly, if you want to go to level three, you got to go to level two. So you need to figure out how to love on people and treat them as individuals rather than just a number or a statistic. The agenda for level two leaders isn't preserving their position. It's getting to know their people and figuring out how to get along with them. I've had people say, I don't like this person on my team. I go, well, so what? <laughs> There's going to be lots of people on your team that you don't necessarily like, as in you're not going to be best friends with them. You've got to figure out how to like them, though. You've got to figure out how to get along with them. You've got to figure out what commonalities you have. Man, in the world we're living today, if people could just figure out what they have in common, more so than emphasizing what they have in difference, geez, where would we be? How could we be better if we just figure out what we have in common? You know, that's, that's where uh, one of the roots of community is common unity. What we have in common, what, how we can unify together what we have in common. That's, that's developing community. You want to develop community, you want to move to a level two, you're going to figure out how to develop community. You can like people without leading them. But you cannot lead people without liking them. I just don't like this person on my team. You're not going to be able to effectively lead them. Figure out how you can like them. Now, there's plenty of people on, in the Fitz Group organization that I, I don't, you know, we don't agree politically. We don't agree religiously. We don't agree whatever. But we like each other, <laughs> right? There's, you you got to figure out that piece. Okay, here's some beliefs that you need to adopt to go from a level two to a level three. Beliefs that will help you move up. Number one, relationships alone are not enough. To go from a one to a two, it's titles alone are not enough. Now, 
from two to a three, relationships are not enough. Can't just have relationships. If you, all you have is relationships, you're going to stay at a level two. Building relationships requires twofold growth. First of all, you got to grow toward each other and with each other. You want to go to a level three leader with people that you're leading. You figure out how to grow together and, and get closer together, right? And at the same time, move up together. I like thinking about this in terms of uh, me and Heather. You know, we've been married 20 years now. We met when we were 19. I'm a very different person at 42 than I was at 19. Heather is a very different person at 42 than she was at 19. We've had to grow closer together. If we hadn't, we'd be two islands. We're not really married. It's just a contract at that point, right? So we've had to grow closer together, but we've also had to grow up. <laughs> if, if we grew closer together, but at 42, we're still acting like 19-year-olds, it's tremendously irresponsible. And we wouldn't be able to lead our own children. We've had to grow up and together. Achieving the vision as a team is worth risking the relationships. Achieving the vision as a team is worth risking the relationships. Okay, because going to a level three now means that you're getting results. And, and, and I've got to be willing to risk, okay, so conversations I have and coaching conversations. Sometimes I have really happy, friendly conversations. Sometimes I have conversations where I go, hey, man, I think your head is up your butt. You might need to change this, right? Sometimes the conversation has to be like that. I, I, if I'm going to be a level three leader with that person I'm leading, I have to be willing to risk that relationship in order to help them move forward and move up. I could have a conversation with somebody and coming out of that conversation, they may hate me now. I got to take that risk if I really truly like them and want to see them get better. I've got to risk the relationship in order to help them get results. Does that make sense? So level two permission, that leads now to level three production. Level three leader is based on production, based on results. All right, one of the dangers of getting to the permission level, level two, is that a leader may be tempted to stop there. But good leaders don't just create a pleasant working environment, they get things done. It, it, you can't just sit around the campfire singing Kumbaya. You can't, you can't just, I love you, I love you too. It can't just be all the warm and fuzzies and unicorns and rainbows. It, it can't just be like that. If you want to, and it, it's really easy to stay there because who, who, I mean, when you think about the stereotypical, in my mind, I think about like a hippie commune where everybody just loves everybody. Like, that sounds like a great place to stay. <laughs> it's a positive environment. Everybody loves everybody. There's relationships. But listen, I was told 20 years ago in building this team that people need to make money and have relationship. And if they're not making money, they're going to leave. If they don't have a relationship, they're going to leave. They need both. So if you only have relationship with people, you're going to be in relationship with broke people. They need to make money. And as their leader, you got to help them make that money. Make that money, y'all. On the production level, leaders gain influence and credibility. People begin to follow them because of what they have done for the organization. On the production level, leaders gain influence and credibility. We begin to follow them because of what they have done for the organization. Many positive things happen to, uh, begin to happen when leaders get to level three. When you get to level three, work is getting done, morale improves, profits go up, staff turnover goes down, and goals are achieved. It's also on level three that momentum kicks in. It, it, just recently, we were talking about the, uh, the, the, the doom loop and flywheel momentum and how to get momentum. See how this all ties in that in the, in the flywheel doom loop from good to great, when you take steps forward consistent with what you're supposed to be doing, 
you're going to get an accumulation of visible results and people get lined up by that and momentum builds. And then you take more steps forward consistent with what you're supposed to do. And that leads to more accumulation of visible results. And that leads to more lining up and energizing. It, it, that was good to great uh, by Jim Collins. That's a totally different book than, than John Maxwell's five levels of leadership. But this is what happens. Momentum starts kicking in. Now, many positive things begin to happen when uh, leaders go to level three. Staff turnover goes down. The least amount of time somebody's been on my staff is 10 years. I love that. I love that I've got, you know, people on staff that have been here over 10 years. I, I, that, I'm, not, I'm not saying, yay, fits. I'm saying, gosh, if I hadn't developed, if I hadn't grown, I would have lost them. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Leading and influencing others becomes fun at this level. Success and productivity have been known to solve a lot of problems. Uh, I just recently, I was running into a buddy of mine who also owns a company. He does very well. He said, how's business going, man? I said, man, it's going good. Well, I think we're going to end up finishing this year about 20% up from last year. It's not 300% growth, but it's not negative. 20% growth is fantastic. Every company under the sun would love that, uh, would be happy with that. And uh, he said, sure is fun making money, isn't it? I said, man, it is. Success and productivity have been known to solve a lot of problems. I've always said that success is the great unifier. There ain't a problem on the team when everybody's winning. When people are winning, the players love the coach. The coach loves the players. Everybody loves the owner. When people are losing, oh, everybody hates everybody. Finger pointing, blame. On level three, leaders can become change agents. They can tackle tough problems and face thorny issues. They can make the difficult decisions that will make a difference. They can take their people to another level of effectiveness. Level three, leaders can become change agents. Beliefs that help a leader move up to a level four. All right, production is not enough. To go from one to a two, title's not enough. Two to a three, relationship is not enough. Three to four, production is not enough. People are an organization's most appreciable asset. You say, previously it was people are a leader's most important asset. Now it's people are an organization's most appreciable asset. Growing leaders is the most effective way to accomplish the vision. Wherever you want to go, if you can commit to developing leaders, you will get there faster. People development is the greatest fulfillment for a leader. So level three production. Going to a level four now, people development. From production to people development is where we're going now. Leaders become great, not because of power, but because of their ability to empower others. Leaders become great, not because of power, but because of their ability to empower others. If you hold back on empowering others, you are going to hold yourself back in your own leadership ability. This is what level four leaders do. They empower others. They use their position, relationships, productivity to invest in their followers and develop them until those followers become leaders in their own right. Level four leaders use their position, relationships, and productivity to invest in their followers and develop them until those followers become leaders in their own right. What's a leader? Does what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, without being told to do it. Well, Fitz, I got somebody following me, it's a leader. Do they do what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, without being told to do it? No, they're not a leader yet. Keep developing them, keep investing. Once they are doing what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, without being told to do it, they are a leader. Boom. Production may win games, but people development wins championships. Production may win games. Making money, <laughs> making money, that may, that may uh, I mean, you, you're going to win some games. That's the short term, right? And in business, hey, there's nothing wrong with this. 
but you want to win long term. If you're looking to build a business for, for six months, production is key. You want to build a business for 20 years, something you can pass on to your kids and grandkids, people development is the key. Level four leaders change the lives of the people they lead. They're not just helping them make money, they're helping them become better people. They're helping them get the, get the dysfunction out of their life. Listen, dysfunction in your life, it, it, it overflows into every area of your life if there's dysfunction in your life. As a leader, we're, you want to be a level four. Level four leaders are helping people identify the dysfunction in their life and get rid of it. Accordingly, their people follow them because of what their leaders have done for them personally. Whew. This is a big time leadership level when your people are now following you because of what you have done. When your people follow you because of what you have done for them, you're level four. Okay. Relationships are lifelong. Two things that always happen on level four. Number one, teamwork goes to a very high level. Why? Because the high investment in people deepens relationships, helps people to know one another better, and strengthens loyalty. Teamwork goes to a very high level at a level four. Also, performance increases. Why? Because there are more leaders on the team and they help to improve everybody's performance. Man, we're seeing this right now. These success groups that have just started, you know, there's, there's like 50 people that have, that have uh, asked to be on a success group. We've got 10 different success groups. And I attribute that to the leadership that's on the team because watching the leaders encouraging everybody on their team, it's, it's contagious right now. And it's just been going on for a few days. And we're already seeing tremendous results coming from this. Performance is increasing. It's not just one level four leader that's popping up here. We've got multiple level four leaders that are in these groups now. People are getting developed. Performance is going up. Beliefs that help a leader move up to a level five. I will tell you, John Maxwell has said, very few people are ever going to hit a level five. He considers himself not to be a level five yet. Uh, there may be some people he's on a level five with, but generally speaking across the world, he's, he's not Billy Graham status. And, and this is John Maxwell's words. So uh, level five is a lifelong commitment to get to that level. The highest goal of leadership is to develop leaders, not gain followers or do work. So to go from a level four to a level five, you need to believe that the highest goal of leadership is to develop leaders, not to gain followers or do work. The highest goal of leadership is to develop leaders. To develop leaders, that's another belief that you need to, need to adopt. To develop leaders, you must create a leadership culture. Leadership culture defines and models good leadership. A leadership culture, culture trains leaders on a regular, frequent, consistent basis. A leadership culture helps emerging leaders to plan and execute, fail and succeed. That's the culture. To develop leaders, you must create a leadership culture. I, I really do believe that the FITS group has a leadership culture to it. We define and model good leadership. I'm not saying the FITS. I'm saying the FITS group. We define and model good leadership. We train leaders on a regular, frequent, consistent basis. We help emerging leaders to plan and execute and look at what's going to happen next year, not just let it happen to you, but, but make the future what you want it to be. And we review new leaders' performance and correct their errors. I think as a, as a, as a company, we have this culture. And those of you who are leaders in this, I think you would agree with that. And those who maybe are new to our organization would agree with this as well. Reward good leadership with pay, resources, and recognition. It's all part of that leadership culture. Reward good leadership with pay, resources, and recognition. People get fired up about paychecks and promotions. 
Developing leaders is a life commitment, not a job commitment. Developing leaders, you, you want to go to level five, you need to decide that I'm okay taking a lifetime to develop leaders rather than the microwave instant business. I've talked to so many leaders in our business that are, are frustrated where their business is and why isn't it growing more? I'm telling you right now why it's not growing more is you have the wrong paradigm on how it's going to grow. You need to be, instead of thinking short-term pop, when you want the short-term pop, go out and sell a policy. You want a short-term pop, get three or four of your buddies that can go out there and sell policy. You can make some quick overrides. You want long-term growth, long-term stability, long-term viability in a business. You've got to take a lifelong commitment, a lifelong perspective on growing it. So going from a level four people development, we're now moving to level five, the pinnacle. Okay. While most people can climb to level, levels one through four, level five requires not only effort, skill, and intentionality, but also a high level of talent. Some people just don't have the talent to get to level five. I think, I think just from my own observation of people who I believe are level five leadership, I think sometimes it requires a little bit of luck too. <laughs> That's just my side note. Don Maxwell didn't comment on that. The individuals who reach level five lead so well for so long, they create a legacy of leadership in the organization they serve. I, I was just hearing a, a, a commentary the other day about Jack Welch, legendary CEO of GE, and, and how, how there's, still, there's still patterns of his leadership in the company. Uh, you know, if you watch, uh, if you watch uh, professional football at all, you see a lot of, a lot of professional coaches, they'll, they'll give a tree of where these coaches all came from and what the, the, the positivity and the results of, those, of that legacy I mean, some of the greatest coaches in the NFL right now all came from one coach or two coaches. Crazy. That's a, that's a legacy. That means that original coach, maybe level five status. It's ironic, but one of the greatest dangers for pinnacle leaders, one of the greatest dangers for a level five leader at the top is similar to a danger for positional leaders, level one, thinking they've arrived. It's ironic. One of the greatest dangers for a level five leader is the same as a level one leader thinking they've arrived. See, somebody works their butt off and they finally get to the, the, the status of CEO. Okay. Well, now you think you've arrived? No, that's just, you just, you just reached the first step of becoming of, of leadership, right? Well, level five, you get to a level five leader. Sometimes those people think they've arrived as well. I think that if a level five leader really gets to level five, a true level five leader, you can't take it for granted because you know, it's a lifelong commitment. You haven't arrived because you're still alive. <laughs> People follow level five because of who they are and what they represent. Level five leaders often transcend their position, their organization, and sometimes their industry. Mother Teresa, you know, her industry was being a nun in the Catholic church, right? But I think that uh, the humanitarian work that she did transcended beyond the Catholic church. I think, I think the people who were cared for by her would agree. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.